All right, we're uh, we're back for episode twenty-two, live from the new and improved Waiting for a Breakdown Studios. Yeah, here we are. The sound quality is better. If you don't like it, this is probably as good as it's gonna get. Yeah, up yours, pal. If you don't like it, uh, I don't know. Most, I think this podcast in particular is designed to listen on the very shitty apple headphones the ear pods or yeah, whatever yeah they come is. with your iphone yeah we're apple uh, sponsored so yeah. we are apple sponsored please do not use the airpods i want you to use the ear pods ear pods um if you're using the airpods uh it could get a little messy i think that's a little rich for our blood it's true um just so you know you can follow us on twitter at enter the dojo pod uh or our personals at listen up nerds is jay and at dogs live forever is me Every yeah. episode is someone's first episode. I'm stealing Every that. Every episode. I'm stealing that bit uh, or little noter, noterier thing uh, from uh, Axe to Grind. It's good. I actually Shuts. agree with it. Every time I hear it, I'm like, that's a good point. Yeah, I know that that's like, that's the truth as a person who has definitely done over 100 hours of podcasting at this point. Um, but I also don't like listen to that when I do it. Wow. I just kind of, I just think, I don't think about it. I'm going to be real with you. I'm not, my head is not in the game at all times and it needs to be. Mm-hmm. But now that I am going in on starting to produce another podcast to be named and it'll obviously be a, a family event. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I have to think about things like that more. So uh, another thing that we're going to steal from Axe to Grind is Quick Hits. Quick hits, uh, yeah. And yeah, and we're not going to do this every fucking episode, nope. but we do have just some quick hits for this episode. Um, Josh and I went to a couple of concerts this week. Shows. You want to say concerts, shows? Shows is like the professional subculture way to say it. Yeah, we've been doing some shows recently. Yeah, we've been, we've been hitting some gigs. Jay, what did you see? I went and saw Descendants who are, you know, a uh, very low-key, a formative band for me. Yeah, in, sure. in uh, Brolorado Brings. Yeah, I did go to Colorado Brings. Nice. Um, shouts out to Colorado Springs. Shouts out to the Black Sheep for being a 500-person venue that somehow got the Descendants to play there. Um, very fun. Just, I've seen Descendants, like, four times since they've reunited. I saw them in Chicago the first time that they reunited. I've seen them... A few more times since, but always at Riot Fest, and it was different to see them in such a small setting, but it's also very much the same. It's the same set, they're still just a well-oiled machine, kind of a standard set list at this point, not in a negative way, just this is what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how, did, how did Descendants become a formative band for you, just so I can know that the Jay Zeitgeist here? I mean, okay, I mean so, you, you are a beard punker to a degree, or were. Right, but uh, I think in about 2004, the song American is on the 2004 Warp Tour compilation, mm-hmm. and yeah. in, starting in 2003 until about 2009, I'm buying the Warp Tour comp every single year. Me too, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, because it's like $5 and it's two CDs. And, it's good. You know, it's like that's cool, kind of, yeah. That's what you do in the pre-internet times, is you go and buy comps, and you find all the bands that you want to listen to. Yeah. FYE. And Thank you. Definitely. FYE. Even Walmart. Walmart, Walmart? has a lot yeah. of weird punk comps. Not, like, you know, deep-dive punk comps that 
people would actually want to hear now, but you know, the take action comps are at Walmart. You can get some Atticus comps at Walmart. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, they they did have a good selection. Yeah, for for weird comps, Walmart was kind of the place. Anyway, Walmart, Target, all that stuff. So I think the song American is on there, and I really liked that song. And then I think a year later, I'm playing some video game, and the song Everything Sucks is on there. So I'm introduced to the Descendants around there. And then just as time goes on, I go listen to them more, and I like them more. Uh... I don't know, it just became a thing where I was like, wow, I really like this band. And, you know, younger me was really into stuff like Hope and Bikeage, where it's, you know, these weird kind of nice guy-esque songs. Uh, Not even nice guy-esque, definitely nice guy shit. But you get older and you realize, hey, that's not a healthy way to approach things. Yeah. Um, I never really really deep dove into that band, to be honest. I mean, I've heard the records you're supposed to hear. But yeah. I, I didn't really ever take to them. So this is all, like, your perspective on this is how I'm pretty much going to treat this. I'm never going to listen That's to this fair. band. So, uh, yeah, and I don't think that there's anything that aged typic- like typically well. Um, there's stuff where I'm kind of like, uh, yeah, I never want to hear that song again. But there's a few songs, like, I went and saw them, and I was just like, oh, yeah, this is a great song. Oh, yeah, this is a great song, too. It's a lot of pop-punky stuff that I actually like. The songwriting is spectacular. Mm-hmm. They're not going to play some of my favorite stuff, but hey, it is what it is. It is what it is, um, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of people... It's so funny. Um, a lot of people were upset that the band doesn't play I'm Not a Loser anymore, mm. which is... I don't a, even know the song. Is it, a, so, is it a big hit? Kind of, but it's just like... It's very juvenile, and... It's Milo, the lead singer, is playing a character through it, but I think a lot of people take it to heart, and it uses a homophobic slur, and oh. I think, and that's why do you want to change? Say, do you want to say the slur? No, I mean it's just it's the exact one that you think it is. I'm not gonna just be like, yeah, it's this. But a lot of people, someone called know, someone called Milo gay. Uh yes, definitely. Milo, you're gay. You not, went to college. But, yeah, absolutely. You got a big brain, buddy. Little Milo gay you. ass. Yeah. So, dude, like, it. I mean, it's just a character. It's not actually about him. So, anyway, he says the word in the song on record, like, fucking 80 years ago or whatever the fuck. And people still want to hear this song. It's not all that great. They changed the lyrics when they came out of retirement. Okay, so there's no longer the the slur. Yeah, the slur's been gone for like, I don't know, when did I see them? I had to have been like 20 because I couldn't legally drink at the show. So I think, yeah, that I was around 20. So they've been back for seven years. They haven't said the word on stage for seven years. And people still want to hear the song, and they still want to hear that line, and it's like... You're not an adult. Do you, You're just not. What did they change it to? I don't know. I do know that they changed it. I don't remember off the top of my head. So, are, do you think the people who want to hear the OG version want to hear it because it's the OG version? And that, like, I that's how they know hear... it? Or they want to hear it because of... It's like a punk band that can get away with saying something like fag or something. I think it's the second half. I think that they are upset that a band has kowtowed to the PC 
right. liberal. Right. You know, that's like, kind of that's people are idiots and they see that as the establishment rather than they see you know things at large. I ha- um, I have to admit, ninety percent like, of people in punk rock are absolute morons. Yeah, I have to admit though, I think there is like. I, I don't know. I would maybe feel a little weird if a band I really like changed their lyric when it was... If they were playing a character, like you said, and it wasn't, like, offensive. I've yeah. never heard the song, but well, I assume okay. I assume if there's a character involved and, like, it's a bit, then, like, I think censoring well, we that is stupid. About, okay, so I talked about this with my friend after the show because the song, you know, like, you have to explain to somebody... That oh it's a it's Milo playing a character. Okay, you have to explain it. The nuance is very much lost on the world. At okay, well I get it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, okay. So and that was kind of our thing. Was I was like I don't really want to hear it because I know you idiots don't get it. Sure. You know, that's more of my issue is the fan base being like, uh, you just have to say the word. Oh so, yeah, yeah. I don't like the drunk punk beard punk Gainesville. Yeah, there's a whole shit. bunch yeah. of. Trucker hat dipshits in fucking shitty black t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, uh, the worst punks. That show made me, like, really reevaluate who I am as a person, and I think it's like... You went to Lawrence Arms and Descendants in months back-to-back. You're, like, true. you're like definitely, like, hitting yourself in the head with, like a, me- like, a metal pipe. Yeah, no, but you know that I'm a glutton for punishment. You are. And you love it. It's that, ca- it's that Catholic guilt inside of you. There is that weird Catholic guilt that a lot of people see in me, and I'm not even Catholic, so... Um, no, but there's that kind of weird, like, I'm a masochist and I want to, like, be around something that I definitely don't want to be anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. So you kind of stare that dead in the face, and hey, you learn about it, so whatever. Definitely. No doubt. I, yeah, uh... You also I, saw a formative band for yourself. Oh, yeah. I saw Cold Cave and, yeah. uh, Black Marble and Choir Boy. Um... I, too, saw that show, but go ahead with your take on it, because I have a completely different take. Okay. Um, I... I was, like, really anticipating Choir Boy. I love that record they put out, uh, Passive with Desire. I think it's... I honestly don't know how it never hit my radar before, but, um... It's an incredible record. Uh, that guy grew up Mormon and a choir yeah. and a choir boy, and then somehow transitioned into being a punk guy and abandoning his Mormon shit, and then using like weird light alien and vampire imagery as analogs to his like religious experience, which I think is very funny. Uh, so I loved Choir Boy. I thought Choir Boy were great. Um, Black Marble, I do not like live. I love their recordings, but for some reason live, it just does not translate. Uh, hmm. I I think they're a great band, but for some reason the live performance is totally off-putting to me. I've seen them twice this year, and I I don't I don't ever want to see them live again. And it's Interesting. a it's a bummer for me because like I think what it is, and this was brought up to me uh, by someone else, is that their lack of a drummer and their use of a drum machine. Uh, even though that's definitely how they make the music, it detracts from their live experience completely. Like, it just, like, choir boy, drum machine, but, like, three guitar players, or, like, two synth players and two guitars, like, it fills it out. But, like, Black Marble Live feels so hollow to me. And maybe that's what they're going for, but, like, it, I don't know. I don't think it works for me. Um, 
What else? Oh, Cold Cave. Yeah, I mean, I obviously like... The reason for the season. Yeah, I mean, I like American Nightmare. I like everything Wes has done. Uh, seeing Cold Cave live now, I feel like it's probably the best time to have seen them, because they're rocking a drummer and essentially a full band. Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought they sounded better than I anticipated them sounding. Uh, Wes really seemed to enjoy the smoke machine that they had on stage. Which was pretty funny. Um, yeah, did that. He was going off with that shit in Denver. He so was. He was. Surprised. He was going off with it in Chicago, and I was like, "All right, you're really like going for this like here. dark yeah. mystery guy. I'm here for it." Um, and then, yeah, Max Morton did uh, his Heavenly Metals spoken word piece, which was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good set. We were there with. Uh, friends of the pod uh matt and tori who are visiting from california before they move here in july shout out the young gods shout, shout outs out to uh matt shout out to tori uh had a lot of drinks had uh had some fun it was a fun night uh i really don't have anything bad to say about it seeing cold cave was very great i was pretty much in the front row for it uh just had a good time it's one of those bands where like you know you're gonna love it and you just do it was, I don't know. It was a pretty seamless show to me, but I'm curious as to what you didn't like. I was One thing I will say that is still kind of puzzling me, uh, and I keep trying to retrace maybe how this worked, but Wes uh, playing guitar, I, I know this is a weird thing because he obviously is handicapped. He has one hand, but I just want to know what he was doing because I couldn't see it because the smoke. So, oh, so I saw it from a little bit back. Okay. Um, I was elevated and could kind of see over the smoke. Not, you know, not like balcony elevated, sure. but I was a little higher up than smoke level. Sure. So I did see that. Uh, it's a foot pedal. I mean, he's just pressing a foot pedal. He kind of goes loud and he's working the tremolo a little bit. Okay. That's, see, that that's kind of what I thought, but I, I couldn't tell because the smoke. And I was just curious right. because, like, he, he said so many times, like, I can't make guitar music like I you know that's why I did Cold Cave so I was really curious and I I couldn't see anything for that so cool good for him yeah I'm glad he figured uh, it out it's no I saw him do it and I was like yo okay this is tight yeah um, that's awesome that's great uh, no, uh, this is my second time seeing Cold Cave uh, I very much enjoyed Black Marble that was my first time seeing them though so I understand seeing them multiple times and just kind of seeing them it is a little hollow, but I like it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, I do think that's what they're going for. I, I mean, I, I think that's yeah. the vibe, yeah. Which is fine, but also I get people complaining that it's not dynamic or anything like that. It's definitely not a visceral thing, but I don't really get that from Black Marble on record, so mm. it is what it is. Um, this is also my second time seeing Choir Boy. Choir Boy's great. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any sort of attachment to this kind of music. A lot of this is background music to me. Okay, and that's I fair. don't mean that in a, you know, like, it doesn't have any merit. Mm -hmm. It's just not for any sort of vibe that I'm putting out. Sure. Yeah, I think I think for me it works because, like, I've always been into, like, gothy, dancey yes. shit. Like, I mean, again, just by what we just spoke about, you kind of finding your core in Descendants-style, like, beard punk to a degree... Like, yeah. when you were younger, I was kind of, like, finding my shit in, like, poppy, gothy shit. Like, Sisters of Mercy and, like, yeah. Madonna and AFR. You know, that kind of... Like, it's, like, stylish, 
glamorous, vaguely substanceless music if you look for, like, if you look for it. You know, I mean, not to say it doesn't have substance, but, like, it's kind of more tertiary shit. So... There's so much of an aesthetic to it, and I actually really enjoy that. I love the idea of, like, a full not branded experience but you get what i'm going for. oh yeah i love it it's honestly There's a defined image one of my favorite things that all of these bands put out there and yeah. i think that's very cool but it's also not something that i'm very much into so i think you know i think it puts a lot of people off because like sometimes people like want to go to a show and just like focus on like the music or like just like a very like primitive bass feeling of it but when you go uh-huh. go into these like larger production kind of things where you're like you're immersed in someone else's world i think it makes people uncomfortable a lot of the time because they're like oh well wait this isn't like about music this is about like shirts and it's about like your look it's about yeah. lights and people are like that's it's not about music it's about all this other shit where i disagree i think that is like the sign of someone who really wants to like give you an experience like yeah i think that is sick i mean i like i like stripped down shit too but like a lot of my favorite bands are people who are like oh no we're gonna like go all out and give you like a fucking experience and you're gonna like be in our world for like this hour we're playing music or whatever definitely I think and that's, that's what i like about hardcore anymore is that it is kind of a production hardcore is turning yeah. that way i mean code orange yeah. has that like you know, thinners of the herd shit, like Yeah. I mean, are one might argue I, I would I was thinking about this the other day. I think uh, you know, band, official band of the pod self defense, uh, definitely are are in in line with doing that, but in a way that it is not necessarily a like a an immersion thing, but you have to follow the band to know the immersion. Like, right, you are in their world when they are playing. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, I think if you know the canon of that band and you follow them for long enough, you can see that over time something has developed. So, but it's not as like, you're not going to go and see like a smoke machine or anything. It's not going to be like you're in that world. Like you're just in like the perspective, the lay of the land of like that band when you're in their presence or whatever. So I do think there is some bit of that there i think good bands do that feeling well i think like you know yeah uh like marilyn manson great great band brings you into his world pretty much immediately when you go see him uh i don't know tons of bands do this i love it it's my favorite yeah i like kind of the immersion of it all so uh Speaking of, like, weird bands that do immersive stuff that are in the vein of Cold Case. Speaking of bands that are weird and do MRSA stuff. Yeah, extremely <laughs> MRSA stuff. Uh, uh, prayers and, and by extent. And Kat Von D. One, one Katrina Von D. Yeah. You know her name's Catherine, right? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I, don't really I looked care. this up last night and I was like... What are you all about? Uh, so I was looking up her Wikipedia page, and I googled what her parents look like, and I, her dad is like the most average white-looking dad I've ever seen <laughs> no. in my life. He's a he's a white dude. He's a, a very German-looking white dad, khakis, shitty plaid shirt from Walmart, Morona Men's Collection. Uh, you know exactly like Indiana dad. Uh, and then her mom is Latina. She's Argentinian and Mexican. Um, Okay. Cause I was like, I knew she was Mexican, but I was like, 
what it, like like what are your parents like because i was like how do you have your name is katherine von drakenberg that's her real name oh that is what it is yeah it? so uh, i was just like what is this like who are your parents so i looked them up uh yeah i don't know but uh so to get you up to speed on the controversy uh listeners it is that Kat Von D wants to raise, like, a, a completely vegan child. Okay. I don't necessarily even know. Not... I don't even necessarily know on a base level what that might mean other than just giving your kid vegan shit. But apparently, Kat Von D has taken this to another level where she's like, I want to have a home birth. That's pretty normal. Chill. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, no medication, no pain medication. I want to no experience. Epidural, no yeah. epidural. That's chill. People do this all the time. But she's Absolutely. like, she's like, I don't want to vaccinate the kid. I think that vaccines are bad. I think that, like, they can cause autism. And then Prayers, uh, Rafael Reyes, also started to post some stuff on his Instagram story linking uh, immunization to autism. Uh, and it, it really sent some... I wouldn't even necessarily call it a shockwave, but it sent a spark of a flame through uh, goth uh, and makeup social media circles i don't subculture I, twitter subculture yeah. twitter i don't know i don't know honestly i was looking at the people who were like freaking out about this and i was like i don't know really who you are uh so basically yeah she was like i don't want to vaccinate my kid people were like hey if you do this like your child could die like la had like a, a measles and mumps outbreak like yeah this shit's serious like because it's bad like and then well yeah because there's a lot of parents out there in LA of all places that are like well we don't have to vaccinate our kid you know yeah, yeah. I don't want my kid to get autism right so you know? I I have to admit here like as an immunized person I don't know like I, I don't I've never met someone who had never been vaccinated I don't I've never met someone whose parents are anti-vaxxers I I come from a world of immunized people so well, anti-vaxxers are kind of like a they're newer this is a newer trend yeah, so, so i don't expect that you're out here talking to six-year-olds who've never been vaccinated. well right but like you know i in bloomington i'm almost i almost think i would have encountered someone because they're fucking weirdos there so there's a lot of like weirdo raw milk yeah fucking no pasteurization ass people out there yeah but not so, not anti-vaxxers so, i don't know so like i i just imagine i would have came across someone but I haven't. I've never met someone like this. So I had to, like, do a little bit of Googling and see, like, what do you get immunized for, you know, when you're, like, 0 to 18 months? You get most of your immunizations in that period, yeah. apparently. And then you get a few more, like, when you're a teenager before you go to college. Uh, so my thought here, and this is kind of maybe what I believe her position might be, is I think she wants to, like, have the kid and then, like, after she's had the child and after it's kind of, like, been a child for, like, a year and it's not born with anything, she would probably yeah. get it immunized. That's my thought. No, that's not how this works. Well, I know, I know. So I know that. In my perfect world, that is what she is doing. You know, she's like, I'm going to have this child and not immediately pump it full of drugs. Like, maybe that's it. But then, like, a year down the line, no. I'm going to get it immunized. I don't think that's the anti-vaxxer mindset. 
So because no, it's not right. It's like, so I think that like <laughs> this is going to be a pretty precarious situation where like uh, because Kat Von D is like something of a media personality uh, and people like her, um, I it makes me nervous because all these people are going to follow her and like her baby and want to know. And then if something bad happens, to this child like it gets like a horrible thing like a disease or something uh-huh. or it dies like you're gonna see this child like die on social media essentially like it's actually gonna be kind of sad i mean there's a part of me yeah, you kind of jokingly said the other day where you're like you kind of want to see the kid die and i'm like i don't want to see a kid die but like if that happened in that in that time and in that group chat it sounded like you wanted to see a kid die i'm just i mean i i have to be honest and say like there's there's a part of me that's curious as to what effect it could have right. if people if that did happen. Like, I think it would be obviously tragic. I, I no one wants a child to die. Better a child to die. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I I think it would I think it would be pretty raw for some people, and I think it might really kill the anti-vaxxer thing. Honestly, no, it won't because that's the thing is that none of that shit will kill the anti-vaxxer thing unless. Possibly, if a celebrity child dies, it might all be over. Maybe. But I sincerely doubt it. I do. I sincerely doubt it. Well, so, like, obviously the biggest thing with anti-vaxxing is, like, you get immunized for hepatitis B, you get uh, immunized for, like, measles, mumps. Um, There are some other things in there, too. Tetanus. uh, But the big one, the big one, I think, which would be coming down the line as the child got older is meningitis obviously and i don't know about you but i remember before going to college there was this like big big like media push of like you need to like get like you know immunized for this because like i lost my arms and legs from meningitis yeah and i was like whoa what the fuck is this and then i remember i was like panicked and asked my mom like yo did i get this shit like what is going on is this a thing that could happen to me yeah but like dude like so i'm thinking you know like to me that's worst case scenario like this this kid could be zero to 18 and then be great you know maybe maybe it will get some bad shit but maybe not who knows honestly it's coming into a family of wealth so like i'm not necessarily even worried about its health to be real with you well, dude, do you ever think about how, like, these anti-vaxxer-ass people could just, like, be vaccinating their kid regardless? Oh, yeah. And nobody knows. Nobody knows. Anything? Yeah. And honestly, part of me even thinks that, too. But who's, who fucking knows? I don't know. It's I don't know these people. It's a weird thing to me that people would rather their kid get, you know, mumps than fucking be on the spectrum, you know? I mean, I get it. To a degree. I, I mean, I sincerely don't. I'll, I'll say this. I, I'll say this. I do think that there... I, I, I guess I understand the fear of autism. And I do think... Ha- I do think there is a fear of having an autistic child because autism comes in a wide variety of severity. Yeah. And, like, there are, are a lot more people now who are, like, our age that are sort of, like, being like, hey, I'm autistic. Uh, uh-huh. You know, it has given me this trouble through my life. Um, it's difficult for me to do things. And I, I guess I understand I understand it on a base level where some people, if they knew they were going to have a child that was special needs, they would abort it. You know? 
Yeah. So I see it for for money or like because monetarily you can't give that child the protection and the safety yeah. that it needs or things yeah. like that. But yeah, I mean, I get it. So I I see where they're coming from from that perspective. I get it. However, I don't. Obviously, none of the science behind anti-vaxxing has been proven true. So I don't think people should do that. Um, yeah. But that said, like, <laughs> I, I guess I get the base level where they're coming from, and like, I can't I can't speak to it beyond that. But like, I do think it is odd uh, that so many people were just like tripping out on her. Uh, just that we're strangers. I mean, I think that's weird. I don't... I mean, I get why they're mad, but, like, I don't think that, like... You know, it's like yelling at a wall, in my opinion. Like, Well, yeah, this, I mean, this person's already... This person's not in your social strata. They're not gonna listen to you. No, but also, screaming at any of these people, even if they are within your social circle, doesn't get you anywhere, because they don't they like yeah i mean lost all touch with you know logic and yeah yeah you're you're out the fucking door so i mean like the best i could hope for is you know wes from cool cave who is friends with prayers just being like hey i had a kid he's immunized and not autistic (laughs) please just follow suit as a fellow goth and dark wave i think it would be really funny if wes was just like nah look my kid can't my kid my kid can't play with you yeah uh so yeah. Do you think that's why Jay Z and Beyonce stopped having their kids go to play dates with Kim and Kanye's baby? Potentially. You know what's been funny about this whole thing is um, because you know you can follow, you can see these people do on social media. Like if you follow uh, Cold Cave and Prayers, you can see when they like each other's shit. Uh, so it'll show you in like the likes thing. So I noticed when they announced the pregnancy. You know, Wes was like, like, good job, great, like, have that goth kid. And in, yeah. in the past few posts where he's been like, we're not, va- we're like, Kat Bundy's like, we're not vaccinating this kid, blah, 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 no likes. And I was like, oh shit, like, maybe Wes isn't. Wes is a pretty active Twitter person, yeah. Yeah, like, like Wes. He's for sure seen this. Yeah, Wes has definitely, like, been like, mm, I don't know if you can hang out with baby prayers. Like, Rainer, you gotta, like, do this other shit. You can't hang out with baby prayers until he's gotten the shots. So, and I mean, I feel like, uh... I kind of now want to be goth to be, like, a goth parent and set up goth playdates. Oh, I bet. I I mean, I bet it'd be awesome. I mean... Yeah, I don't want to, like, be a parent. Um, (laughs) but... I told you about that guy that I went to... That I worked with in high school... And I'm still friends with him on Facebook just for, you know, I don't, like, clear anything off of Facebook. And this dude is, like, this dude's, like, 25 or 26, I think, now. And he's, like, is it weird that I just want to adopt a kid? Oh, yeah. A father? That's that's so wild. Do it, I man. Still am, do it, King. Yeah. <laughs> he'll get a, he'll get a plaque on the know. dojo. He was for sure, like, I don't want, like... I don't need a woman in my kid's life. I can take care of this. And I was like, you are wild. So You're just on one. That goes hand in hand with the guy. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but I very briefly worked at a car dealership doing social media. Um, yeah. And there was a guy I worked with there who he was like, yeah, like I got this job because like he was a salesman. He's like, I need this job to support my son. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, what's the story behind you and your kid? Like, you know, what's your life like? 
and he was like, well, so like, I I was dating my son's mom, and this is her son from another uh, relationship, and his his name's Sirius after the Harry Potter character, um, and he's like, the kid and I got along great, and you know, his mom and I. We were good for a while, but she was, like, really addicted to drugs, like, really not a good mother, like, would leave all the time, would leave me and her son, um, like, go on, like, benders for days, uh, just not a responsible woman, um, you know, like, just not a good parent, and, like, I love this kid, I loved him like he was my own son, so she, he was like, we broke up, and then I asked his grandparents if they thought it was okay if I adopted the kid because the mom left the state and this kid wasn't going to have any parents and so i adopted this kid to be my son and now he's my son and i was like holy shit this guy is like honestly like a really good human like it's kind of he like took someone's child that was not even produced by him and is raising it uh yeah nice guy Honestly, one of the nicest people I've ever met. I thought it was a little bit weird, but at the same time, I was like, Look, no, like, I think he's actually like, doing a good thing. He's not a creepy guy at all. Right. Yeah. Pe- Sometimes it's just like that, man. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I think also it's important to acknowledge uh, our podcast dad, who has, has fallen in the line of duty. Uh, yeah. Anthony Bourdain, uh, rest, in, rest in peace. Tony Bourdain, true master of the dojo. Honestly, uh, if if there were a founding father of the dojo, Tony Bourdain uh, would be, would probably be it. To be fair. Honestly, yeah, I think back when we were doing Ask a Punk, I was watching a lot of Tony Bourdain. Oh, same, dude. Uh, so I, yeah. it's to me also. This is another thing that has been weird uh, is watching the reactions to Anthony Bourdain's death. Uh, there are not a lot of bad takes, honestly. A lot of people have really great stories about him, which makes me feel good. Um, and yeah, I, I, that was kind of the worst part about all of this um, is that nobody had anything bad to say. There's nothing that came out. Yeah. In the meantime, it's it's a bummer too because so when this happened, I woke up and I had four texts from four different people that were all like, "Oh my god." Uh, Tony is dead or Anthony died and I'm like who the fuck are we talking about like I had which Anthony yeah, yeah I was like Anthony who like I didn't know and then I like popped open Twitter and I was like oh no like this is fucking dreadful so yeah. I felt really bad all day uh it was it was obviously bad I mean I think he's probably like the closest thing to like a a hero idol uh that like I had that a lot of people I know had I mean dream life uh, got to eat cool shit, talk to cool people, uh, cook. I mean, he did everything. He does everything you want to do, you know? And then I think the, the tragedy of it also is that, like, his best friend found him, which yeah. which when I found that out, I, I cried. I was like, no, not Eric Repair, no. Yeah, when somebody told me that Eric Repair found him, I was, like, absolutely hurt. Yeah, oh, man. I, yeah. I, I just, like, it immediately, like, sent me through a flashback of all these moments where you see Eric and Tony together having a good time and just being best friends. Like, we talked about this, how when they came to IU, they did, like, the good versus evil talk. And yeah. they were just, like riffing so well and you could tell these guys were just like best friends 
And then um, they're connected, and they're just in it, and they're in a mode all at all times. Yeah, and so and then you watch like all the other. But it's also it's genuine. It's genuine. You know, yeah, it's like they're in a mode, but this is just the dynamic of their friendship. Yeah, and there's like you know all the episodes where they hang out together, like the the Szechuan episode where like Tony basically gives him spicy food so spicy like burns Eric's face off. It's great. Like right, these guys are just like clearly down to hang whenever so oh yeah i watched the episode yesterday where they went to marseille yeah uh, France, great episode and they're just kind of well this is a parts unknown yeah where they're just kind of like yeah hanging out in marseille and eric's like yeah i grew up a hundred miles from here and i've never been here uh because it's quote unquote dangerous and tony's kind of looking at him like how could you have never come here in your life and that's kind of the dynamic of these two yeah it's, yeah Eric's, Tony's for sure the risk taker, but Eric's just kind of like, yeah, just don't do that. Yeah, just, Eric's like the know. good guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there was there was that joke. Uh, they were they were telling when they were in Bloomington where like Eric was like, "What's like the craziest thing you've done while you were a chef?" And he was like, "I remember like being on drugs, making sushi, and then like being up really late, and then I went outside, had a bag of cocaine, like snorted a bunch of blow through a penne noodle, and like." Yeah. Eric was like, I would never allow this in my kitchen. Well, you know, like, yeah. this, this would never fly in my perfect French kitchen. You know, like, and Tony's right. like, well, this is normal. People would, like, shoot up in New York alleys and then go inside and cook for, like, five hours or whatever. Right. That, yeah. that shit, like, I mean, he just lived a life, you know. Uh, there's that episode with, uh, in Miami with Iggy Pop. And Iggy's like that's that's on the docket for today. Yeah, actually, Iggy, I still haven't seen that one. Iggy's like, there's this part where Iggy's like, "Oh, you seem like a curious person," and Bourdain is like, "It's my only virtue," and I think about yeah. that like, that is like, very real. I don't know. I mean, I I think for me like, the reason why like Anthony Bourdain worked so well with my personality and like why I was so attracted to him. Uh, all the cooking stuff he did, very cool, but I was never, um, really wrapped into the cooking world and the way I see, I have seen some service industry people, uh, relate to him. I think just perspective wise on the world is where I related, where I was like, he's kind of cynical, but he's like not, and he's like kind of gruff and cantankerous, but he's like, it's kind of more of a bit and like. He's just yeah. seeing what people will do when they're a little bit out of their element, so that way they can be a little more open, or he can see a little bit more of a certain side of them, and that's always, like, something that has appealed to me, and I felt like I could relate to, where there's this, like, genuine, like, curiosity about him that it's not very self-serving, but it is to, like, pull something out of a culture or a type of person but not to, like, dominate or co-opt them and then, like, yeah. be able to talk about it somewhere else. And, like, I don't know. I feel like, for me, like, when I'm hanging out with new people or, like, when I'm going somewhere new, I'm always, like, asking questions and being a little bit weird and seeing what I can draw out of people. And then, you know, coming back... Yeah, you are definitely a, a water tester. Yeah, and, and then, like... You're... I, co yeah. I come back to, like, you know, like, the podcast or something, and I'm like, oh, well, here's the story. Here's what I've gathered out of this, you know, like... Yeah. And that's, like, I, I don't know, like, when I would watch Parts Unknown or anything of his, uh, or, like, binge it, like, when I... I remember there was, like, a period where, like, I was just, like, super depressed. 
I, I didn't leave my bed a lot. I, I like ordered a lot of food to my house. This was I was probably like twenty three, twenty four. I was like working a job out of I was like during the Ask a Punk years. And like yeah. I was just like not happy with where my life was. Like I was making a lot of money but I wasn't really doing shit with it other than like blowing it on like drugs and like drinking a lot and like partying. I was just kinda yeah. like all over the place. And I was watching a lot of parts unknown when I wasn't in bed and I was just like if I could just be, like, a little bit more like that, or, like, if I could, like, just ask those questions a little bit more and get answers kind of like this a little bit more in my life, I would feel better. Like, I would know I was discovering something. And, like, I would always come back to those shows because I was like, okay, well, like, how did he find out this from this person? Or, like, how, uh-huh. how did this, like food or person factor into this greater narrative of like the commonality of like human life and I don't know like that kind of like storyteller water tester kind of shithead but like heart of gold warm personality thing like I don't know I relate to that I feel like there's a lot of that in me at least for like people who know me in a in a real world sense like online people don't know this shit about me like people who listen to this podcast like you know me this way, but you don't know me in the sense of, like, how I am. And a lot yeah. of, like, the way Bourdain is, is, like, how I am in person, I think. Not, like, I'm not a direct analog, but, like, no. there's a there's a, there's a a line of continuity as far as, like, personalities go and, like, curiosity. And, like, I think that, like, with him being dead now, part of, like, that outlook in me feels like it's it's a little bit like I have to like keep doing it because now that he's gone no one else uh in like a celebrity sense will ever take that place so if all these people who really loved him and were really influenced by him and these like aspects of like food curiosity and like culture curiosity and societal curiosity can keep kind of like questioning things and being curious and like uh, being like storytellers and wanting to find stuff out can continue that in like a slight sense. I think that like his legacy will like live on very well. And one thing that I was talking to somebody about the other night uh, that they brought up to me and uh, was that they were like, well, if you think about it, even though he's dead now, everything he's ever done is going to be used in like an anthropological sense. Uh, and his legacy will be immaculate. Like, yeah. he he will be academically regarded with parts unknown and all of this stuff. Like, everything yeah. he has done will will be canonized so well. There will be cultural markers. We're going to look back at his work, and it's going to glow. It's going to shine. And that, honestly, that made me feel really happy, even amidst, like, the utter sadness I feel towards him dying. So... I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I do feel good that, like, this human is going to, like, enter the canon of humanity during at least my lifetime as someone who is nothing less than valuable. Like, he deserves every bit of praise that we could give another human. And that makes me feel really happy because a lot of people right now are feeling like their heroes are... Are, they're finding out they're scumbags, they're finding out that, like, 
you know, they're sex creeps, uh, that they're, like, liars. You know, that people find out shit, and they feel hurt when this happens. And so, like, I feel lucky that I at least have one hero that will go down as just, like, pure. As close, yeah. or as close to pure as you can get within a human frame of reference. Yeah, I think that's kind of the thing about Bourdain that really sucks a lot is that, you know nobody has a bad word to say about him which is great and i'm so happy but it's also like this is the first time in so long that nobody's had a bad word to say about somebody who died i feel like it's been since like mr rogers died right you know? yeah exactly where there yeah. hasn't been this immediate outcry of this person was bad to me one time and it's like no like bourdain was so nice and the thing that i always connected with is that he always wanted to listen and he always wanted to hear about you not about you know this other celebrity that you're tendentially, you know, like somebody of power that you know, he wants to know about you when he's talking to you. And that's for sure rubbed off on me. Um, but, you know, he's adventurous. Uh, I think I didn't relate much to the stuff that I've read in like Kitchen Confidential or anything. Sure, like that. yeah. I've never been in the service industry and I've never, uh, I've never felt like a big push to do drugs or anything crazy. Sure. Um, you know, but. When we saw him at IU, you know, um, be- long before we ever talked to each other, mm-hmm. just had yeah, we, yeah, we didn't know at the same yeah. time. Um, when I saw him at IU, there was that part of the talk where you know this kid was like, "Yeah, I want you to sign my copy of Kitchen Confidential because I think you really get it. You know, you understand that. Yeah, we're we're drunks and we're fuck ups and we're losers." But uh, we're better than anybody else who even comes into the restaurant kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Bourdain kind of looked at him and was like, I'll sign it. But look, that's, you know, I carried a lot of stuff like that when I was younger. And I don't feel that way today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, that's. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not better than somebody else. You know, I'm just I'm not. And yeah, they don't get it, but they don't have to to understand like what's going on yeah you know i think that's that he doesn't he doesn't have like this contempt for his fellow man anymore. no and you know and that's like uh, that was what i there's a lot of that that's so good to know that somebody could get there and let go um but you know he's he got famous when he was like 40 something yeah yeah he was he was older i mean he wrote a really popular essay in 1996 yeah. or 9 I can't remember yeah I think it was 9 but yeah but uh so he gets famous in his 40s mm-hmm. at this point which is another good thing to know that you know he's he's working in the what should we call it he's working in the industry for god knows how long and then he finally writes something that people are like this is incredible how'd you write something like this you're a chef you know and he just goes from there yeah I think that uh you were talking about how, like, he doesn't ever, like, relate to shit that he felt before. Like, Kitchen Confidential, uh, I remember reading and, like, being like, okay, this is, like, kind of meat-heady. But even he acknowledges that. Like, he knows that, like, that shit is, like, to- kind of toxic. And he was, like, fairly, yeah. fairly like, open about being like, yeah, like, I question a lot of shit I used to do. Because it's not good, and he's always... It's this weird, yeah, it's this weird 1990s gritty realism kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and I know it carries over into, like, 2003 or whenever the book actually comes out, but it's the, it's like a Polanik book, 
but about cooking. Yeah. You know, where it's like this, oh, I have to be visceral, and this is crazy, and this is that, and it's like, he gets older, and he's just like, yeah, that was really stupid, I shouldn't have written like that, because I think a lot of people take the wrong things from it. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, I think that's, like, always the best part about him, is, I mean, he can self-examine without making himself exempt from the toxicity of where he was before, where he was like, yeah, like, I worked in an industry that was, like, shitty to women, and, like, I was complicit in that, but now, like, I'm not gonna fucking do that, because that's fucking terrible. Like, and then, you know, he goes on to be, like, one of the biggest advocates for, like, women during the Me Too situation without making it about him. You never, like, heard him say shit about, like, I'm a great ally. He was just like, stop being a fuck. Like, you're a piece of shit. Like, he told Alec Baldwin he was fucking stupid. He, like, called everyone out. He called Harvey Weinstein a rapist. Like, he he didn't give a fuck. Like, he was out here saying what everyone else should have been saying for years. Exactly. And he recognized that, too. And I think he, I think his big regret was that he didn't do it earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He was, he was a great human because he was human. Like, Sometimes yeah. you don't learn shit till later, and that's fine. But you gotta act on it. But you gotta it, act yeah. on it when you know it, because otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Right. Um, yeah, man. No, it's been a, it's been a ride with him, and I, I appreciated everything he put out into the world, and now, you know, like you said, you kind of have to go forth and put in a little bit more of your own work. Yeah, I mean... Because you can't rely... He can't, he's not doing it. Yeah, you know? we, we could probably do, like, honestly, we could probably do an entire month of episodes about Anthony Bourdain, to be totally real, so we, yeah. we won't, but I'll say this, keep that dude in mind with everything you do if you listen to this podcast, and yeah. just, like, fucking go for it, because, I don't know, he has a, a quote about being a guy who could, like, stay inside and smoke weed and watch cartoons and movies, but he has, like, a... I don't think that was him. Really? I... Yeah, that was a you got suckered. By Maybe Iron either Man way, joke. even if it wasn't him. Yeah, even if it even was. if it wasn't, or if it was, I still think that's a good thing to know because yeah. it's it's pretty easy to be like an uncurious bum, and definitely, and that's like fine if you want to do that sometimes. But like, I don't know if you live in a place where you have access to a lot of stuff, or even if you don't have access to a lot of stuff, just go start bugging people and asking people shit. Because it's cool. Make friends with people you don't know. Do weird shit. I don't know. That's what you're... I mean, you're only going to live till you're like 70 or 80, probably. No. Oh, that that was Bourdain. You're right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, there you go. No, there we go. Yeah. The quote is, I understand there's a guy inside me who wants to lay in bed, smoke weed all day, and watch cartoons and old movies. My whole life is a series of stratagems to avoid and outwit that guy. Yeah. So do it. I mean, yeah, playing video games is cool. Doing a lot of shit is cool. We game, we get, yeah, we, game, we game, but like, we game. go do other shit. Yeah, leave your house. Uh, talk to people. You know, definitely talk to Don't, people. I, I have my headphones in a lot when I commute now, and it's as a like, it's kind of a productivity thing where there's stuff where I feel like I need to get this done, and I'm listening to stuff through headphones. But the days that I'm not listening through headphones, like. Also pretty solid. Yeah, I mean... Kind of a way to do it. I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, this is the last thing I'll tell before we can close this guy out. But yeah. uh, yesterday, Brandon and I were on our way to Chinatown to get Mapo Tofu, Anthony Bourdain's favorite dish. Uh, and 
I was on the train and I was just kind of like watching people, listening to music, and I was like, I had all this like Bourdain shit in my mind. So I was like thinking about it and I was yeah. like, this is cool. Like this is gonna be a great day. Um, really gonna like eat some crazy food for this guy, uh, honor him, hang out with my like one of my best friends, do this, and. I was on the train and I was just watching people and there was this guy who was like doing pull-ups on the train and then this this dad like middle-aged white dad goofy looking guy and then his nerdy looking son who was probably like I don't know between like 12 and 14 and they were just like watching this guy do pull-ups and then the kid looked like damn like this guy's like doing pull-ups on the train bars like this guy looks tough and the dad was like you know kind of impressed I guess I don't know he was just like whatever and then like, they all started talking and shit, and I was like, this is good shit. Like, this is, like, chill as fuck. Like, it was a nice day. The sun was shining. These strangers are talking and, like, bonding in a way that is, like, not facetious or weird. And, like, uh-huh. I'm on my way to be somewhere to do this thing. And, like, all of this shit around me is, like, making sense. If you, like, live your life with that curiosity in mind, you can start to see that curiosity in other places. And other people have that same curiosity. And once you start to see that, the world, I think in general, is a little bit more magical and feels a little bit less like a scary, dark place like we've gotten used to yeah. since our, you know, I think this whole Trump thing, it'll always be something that's in everyone's mind, at least for a while. So This is, yeah, and I mean, so you, like, kind of to expand on this, because you're right, like, the Trump thing's always going to kind of be like the 9-11 again. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So To a certain generation, we were always going to have kind of things in mind about people that you never knew before, and you kind of have to be wary of things. It's very... It really put everybody at odds. Yeah, and I mean... You're right about the world, like, with the scary thing. Sorry to, like, cut you off, but I watched the episode where uh, Bourdain's in Iran mm -hmm. last night. Yeah, good episode. he's talking about... He's like yeah, this isn't scary or anything and everybody's really nice to us and everybody on the street is just kind of in it together and the government itself feels very separate Mm -hmm. from what's going on on the street and how they're portrayed is very different than how they actually are. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't know, it's... You're right, though. Once you get out into the world, you start... You stop thinking of it as, like, a really scary place. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know... Chicago, I'm I'm lucky in that this is a very diverse place and that everyone here is pretty good rubbing shoulders with each other, whereas other places I've been, it doesn't seem that way. But it was there was this weird level of comfort I got where it was like watching this like suburban dad and nerdy white kid talk to this like young black dude who was just working out on the train and just like you know, like you always fucking hear shit about like the bad ways races are relating right now. And like yeah. you know, like these fucking suburbs people, you know, are worried, calling cops on black people, having barbecues and stuff. But yeah. there's this really... It was a good moment to just be like, you know what? But that's, that shit's yeah. just fucking dumb. Just, like, go talk to people. So Exactly. Go talk to people, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah somewhat. I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, in a very weird way, Josh is very much the Bourdain to my repair. I think so. You know, I I, I do a, think in so. In a way, yeah. I think that's a I think it's a solid thing, but you gotta you gotta have a little bit of Bourdain in you. Yeah, you do to get by. 
So yeah, I think we can close it out. Yeah, for sure. cool. Uh, again, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, me, Dogs Live Forever, Jay, Listen Up Nerds, the podcast, uh, at Enter the Dojo Pod. Yeah, uh, or Enter no, the Dojo Pod. Enter the Dojo Pod. No, it's Enter the yeah. Dojo Pod. Yeah. I don't even fucking know it, and I've said it a hundred times. Uh, I know, and you're actually the only one who runs that thing, because I don't know how. I don't even tweet from it, really. Uh, and then uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, pump those numbers, tell a friend, uh, join Rate, us. Rate, review. Write a review if you want. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we I, have five, and they're all positive, so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, see you next week. All right, later.